How many of you ever heard this phrase? Side effects may include. I would ask you over 40, you'd raise your hands, and many of us would raise our hands. Under 20, we're like, hmm, maybe not. Side effects may include. And then you read what they are, and you think about your ailment, your headache, your joint pain, or whatever, and you have to debate, is this going to be worth this for uh, the side effects? Here are some of them that are very common, most often seen, heard. <laughs> heard is rather graphic, but anyway. Uh, nausea. Right? For headaches, take this, but you may experience this and this and this. In no particular order. Nausea, vomiting, loss of appetite. Right? And then, worse, diarrhea, constipation, fever. And you're just, you're just miserable. Right? That's a side effect. That's not even the problem. That's a side effect. Anxiety, nervousness, sweating. Drowsy, dizzy, insomnia, side effects may include. I never listened to those when I was a kid, and I always laughed. And I'm not on a lot of medications in my life, so I'm grateful that I don't have a lot of side effects. But confusion, weakness, so on and so forth, right? Side effects may include. Definition of a side effect, if you're wondering, it's something that comes automatically with whatever pill you've taken or chemical you've taken or drug you've taken. Most of them are negative. You don't have to work for the side effect of nausea. It just comes. You don't have to work for the side effect of dizzy. It's just when you stand up, whoop, there it is, and you better sit down or have a friend. It's just there. Remember that as we move through the theme of the morning. All righty. Another thing the side effects are characterized by is they are, it's noticeable. It's not something that you can just always just ignore. And for those of you who've had those kinds of side effects that you can't ignore, it interrupts the day. It interrupts your function. It interrupts your stuff. And you're just like, oh, excuse me. And you have to go and do whatever side effect is demanding of you at that moment. Side effects may include. So why are we talking about side effects? Here at the Benita campus, we are studying the Holy Spirit. And one of the categoric elements of the Holy Spirit is what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And so today we're going to look at side effects of human life without the Spirit, side effects, life with the Spirit. And in order to understand some of those things, um, you can turn in your Bibles and you can get to Galatians chapter 5. That's where we'll be, we'll be uh, spending some time. Your phones work, your Bibles work, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to jump right in. Side effects of the Holy Spirit. They are tangible, they are noticeable, they are significant, they are supernatural. They come from the Spirit. You don't have to work to get them. In Galatians, it's the first book of the New Testament, not in terms of how we see it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it's the first book chronologically. Paul wrote it, and he wrote it to a group of people that were starting to get sidetracked with what we, with, with what we would call legalism, saved by works. And he says in the opening chapter, how have you gone so quickly from this to this, from grace to works? And in some of the stronger translations, he says, who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? Like, what has happened? Right? That's the chapter, first chapter. 
the second chapter, he's like, look, there's a false gospel. Don't believe it. Don't believe any of it. Don't get sidetracked by it. Then the third and the fourth chapters continue to, he goes through a lot of evidence of the Old Testament that Jews would automatically understand about the faith, the promise, the law, uh, um, Sarah and Hagar, and all these things. And then in chapter 5, he says, look, the opening line, if you want to read it, it's 5-1. Because of freedom, Christ has set you free. It's for freedom that you are free. In other words, freedom is so important to God that he would come, and yes, it is saved by grace, but it's freedom that his motive is because his love is that deep and that rich. You are no longer destined, fated, or determined to die. It is for freedom. 5 verse 1, that Christ has set you free. So you can start thinking about, all right, am I free? He's quick to add, do not use such freedom to destroy those around you. It is not a careless chaos. It is a spiritual freedom. And he's quick to add, don't abuse that, because it's horrible when it goes wrong. We're going to spend some time in... Galatians 5, starting in verse 19, and then we'll move through. There are two kind of medications, if you want to call it that, medication of the flesh and the side effects, and medication of the spirit and the side effects. Some of you may have um, read this before. Some of you may have had this in uh, studies. I don't know, but I'm just going to read it to you. Starting in verse 19, it's a pretty straight read, and then I'll try to unpack a little bit, um, give you a couple illustrations, and then uh, invite you to, uh, to close the worship service with us. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. The acts of the flesh, when we live according to the flesh, here's what happens. Don't have to work for it. It just kind of automatically comes up. All right. <clears throat> he opens up with, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Not mysterious, but obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you like I did before. This stuff just comes up. It's a side effect of the sinful nature. But the kingdom of God has nothing to do with this. And so the next section is the other medication. That's what the flesh does. When we ingest the flesh, boom, there's the stuff of the side effects of our lives. When we ingest the spirit, when we take in the spirit, when we abide by the spirit, here's what he says, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, life with the Spirit, not focused on the flesh, is this. This is where some of us probably have a memory verse hopefully tucked away in our mind somewhere. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You cannot have misdemeanor gentleness. It makes no sense. None of that stuff is criminal in any culture worldwide. The side effect of the Spirit in our life is, and all of these in Greek are all singular, so God is actively putting this in by the way of the Holy Spirit of our lives. He's actively putting this in. When you have the Spirit, when you ingest or abide in the Spirit, you will have a side effect that is known as love. That word is agape. 
that self-sacrifice, greater love has no man than he would lay down his life for a friend, for family, in the name of Christ. There is no greater love. God says that is an automatic side effect. When you have the spirit, a side effect is love. Spirit brings, or a side effect is joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. Faithfulness, self-control. Think about that. My prayer this morning is very simple. It's not that we can just name them off and I have students do projects with these things. It's not that we just have to draw it up and name it off, but rather that we would experience it and come to understand it, which means I want to define one other word for you. Abide. A lot of churches have it. A lot of uh, scriptural theological terms kind of surround the word abide, but I'd like to give you just some practical examples of abide. Some of them are funny. Some of them have to do with my life. Some of them you may identify with. Um, If I don't hit your particular one, I apologize. I don't know all of you that well, but there are things that we can just learn in the practical every day of our lives that's like, oh, that's what it means to abide, to abide. The first one, what does it mean to abide? I'll give you a couple of several examples, actually. The first one is, currently in the United States, for some people, the NFL is rather significant, National Football League. Playoffs, and some of us are weeping because we don't even know if we have a team, but we know our team's not in, so we're just going, <laughs> right? We're sitting watching other people, and other people's joy, and other people's grief and anguish, and we've already, yeah, we've been there. So many times, right? But for those of you, the NFL, for some of us, we abide. I like to watch the football games. I do. But if you know anything about football, there's a coach that's pretty famous, and his name is Bill Belichick. You might hate him. You might love him. doesn't matter. This man is an example of what it means to abide in football. He looks, in every game that I've seen him, if it's 25 degrees or negative 25 degrees or 125 degrees, he looks like he has just come off his couch. He doesn't dress up for anybody, if you've noticed. It's funny, but it's true. Hoodie, sweatshirt, cut sleeves. Like, literally, he just got off the couch and came to coach a team. This man abides. There was an incredible story that I thought was rather amazing. Because, again, I like football. Brady's been there for a while. And if you don't know, just don't worry. Just rest, and I'll come back to you in a moment. Those of you who are football fans, Brady came on, and they were going to the playoffs yet again. This was several years ago. And they had a playoff game Sunday. Monday was off. Tuesday was team meetings. Belichick came to Brady, and he says, hey, it's about time that we watch some, because uh, they knew the, the, the opponent for the next weekend uh, for the playoffs. <clears throat> Belichick says to Brady, I think it's time that we watch some film. And Brady said to Belichick, 36 hours after their game, I've already watched every single tape for that team for the entire past season. That is what we mean by abide in the NFL. It is consuming. It is always on your mind. Bill Belichick abides, and it shows. What does it mean to abide in the spirit? Another one. For the other half of the world, another football. Soccer in the States, football most of the world over. I like watching soccer. I watch soccer by myself on my couch at home. In Spanish. Telemundo. I do. I turn it up super loud so I can pretend that I'm there. 
I don't understand anything. Oh, that's not true. I understand a lot of it. And the more I watch, the more I catch. But I love to hear the announcers. And you can think it's silly, and that's okay, because you probably do some silly things too. Okay? Sit back on my couch and hear Spanish. Three hours strong. Right? I love when they have the goal. I love it. English, it doesn't translate. Number 13, goal. We don't get excited. One, zero. That's not exciting for us if we don't abide in soccer. Quick story, the very first time I noticed somebody, that I met somebody that abides in soccer. I was in sixth grade. I had my first job. I took care of a guy's orchards, his yards, his acreage, his land. Um, his, na his name was Dr. Varga. I think he's still alive. He spoke seven languages, which for a sixth grader was just like, are you God? Like, how do you do that? Right? He was short. He had a toupee. Uh, it looked kind of like a fur ball. It was never really kept. And uh, it looked like he just with the glue and then stuck it. All right? And I'll never forget him as long as I live. Sixth grade. And he asked me one day with like seven languages accent, whatever that would be. He called me Chippy Chip. He was all Chippy Chip. I said, yes, Dr. Varga. He was short. I was tall. He was short. His wife was big. So there you have the stereotype right there. Um, and I said, yes, Dr. Varga. He says, do you watch football? What do you mean? Like soccer. Oh, you know, I, have, I don't play much, and I don't really know much about soccer. His face dropped. He's like a 1,000 years old, and his face dropped. Like, how is it this child does not know the beautiful game? He says, you must come. Like, to what? You must come to my house next week, Tuesday. I said, okay, what time? You must come at midnight. See, back in the day, you all know, those of you who are 40 and up, you know that if you wanted to see it, when did you have to see it? When it was happening, wherever it was in the world, you had to stay up till 2 o'clock. And you didn't study, you watched soccer. So this man said, you have to come over to my house at midnight. I was like, okay. So I had to ask my mom. Uh, my mom, I told my mom, I said, hey, Dr. Varkin invited me over to go to watch a soccer game. Can I go? She's like, what time? Midnight. Yeah. Huh. So she had to stay up, drove me over. That was the first time. I went probably like four or five times. Eventually, because in the area that we lived, I probably drove myself because sixth grader, you know, you're long enough to reach the pedals. It's not legal, but it, it works. And um, so I went over to his house. Never seen him at that hour of the night, ever. I didn't know what to wear. So I just wore sixth six grade clothes. He comes. This man showed up, little five foot two, little, little belly, pajamas, leather slippers, pajama shirt, but like classy pajama shirt, not some like, you know, t-shirt that's like super old, classy little thing, a silk smoking jacket. I'm not playing. And I was just, a silk smoking jacket tied, a pipe in his mouth, not lit, but I was like, this guy is like playing the full, the full deck of cards. Long story short, hello, hello, are you ready to watch the beautiful game? I was like, 
I guess. Walked into a huge house, plantation-style house. Walked into his house. He had those stereotypical, again, just imagine, the, the leather chair that has the high back with all those buttons that are sewn into it. Yeah. Right? Just picture that. And a couch. Like a huge, like, scalloped thing couch. For the day, huge screen. I've never seen one that big in my life. And he just came and he sat in his chair. Crossed his legs perfectly. Pipe in mouth. And I sat on the couch. Clueless as to what I was about to have. This man abides in the beautiful game. Have you ever abided in the spirit? Do you begin to see what it's like? It's not a passing thing. It's where you come and you're... There's something that's there. Ladies, perhaps this will be more down your alley for some of you. Purses. There are girls that I know and women that I know where purses are their thing. Okay? Purses along with what? Oh, you guys do know, right? Okay? Shoes or boots or the matching. All right? And so all the way through... I like purses, not really. I have no use for a purse, right? And uh, they love other people's purses, right? I am a coach. I don't sport coach bags, right? There's a huge difference in the mentality, all righty? And so they like the boots that go with it. They like the shoes that go with it, okay? There are some ladies, and if, again, if it doesn't match you, that's fine, but they abide in the purse. There are ladies probably here that if we parade it out, they would like tag your purse, name and price. And if it matches, your shoes. Because it's just in their heads. It's just there. Do you abide in the spirit of God? Is it there consuming you? Is it always right there? How many of you remember by raising your hand the best friend? Anybody have a best friend in elementary school? No? Oh, man. Okay, like six people. Wow. Um... I am really sorry. Maybe I'll just pass over this. I had good friends. I don't know if I had a best friend. But the best friend mentality is, you see it in girls at times, you see it in guys at times. What is, what is the deal with the best friend? They are always what? They're always together. Always. Are you always together with the Spirit? See, we can look around at nature, just the way Jesus told parables about nature. We can look around at nature and start to understand these things that he wants us to know. But if we don't understand them here, it's like super difficult to get understanding here. Abide by the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? The last one, most of you will identify with this. If you have it, please, uh, please lift it up high above your head. Cell phones. <laughs> like 80%. No, seriously, just hold, hold them up. If you have one with you currently in arm's reach. Okay. There we go. All righty. Now you can put it down. Now that you judge each other on your technology, now we'll talk about it. All righty. Um, I have a cell phone. It is old enough to be in first grade. And I get laughed at endlessly because of the tech that I use or don't use. And uh, they've asked me many times, Mr. Gifford, why do you have a cell phone? You never use it. I'm like, that is true. It is less used than what you do. Here's how we abide with our cell phones. See if this is you. Alrighty, you keep it close. You hold it. I know people that have told me they have it under their pillow. They sleep with it. Right? It's like the replacement of stuffed animals. They charge it constantly. They check it constantly. They feel lost or somewhat naked without it. They spend endless hours on it. It's always near. 
That, ladies and gentlemen, is an example of abiding <laughs> with your cell phone. Think about, okay, where, how do I, how does this translate and transfer into the spirit? Sometimes we abide in stress. That is probably not so good, but we do. Sometimes we abide in debt. Sometimes we abide in procrastination. Sometimes we abide in food. We call them foodies. And they're always taking pictures of their food. Always. Cheerios. Oh, look at that. The perfect milk pour. What? Right? All those kinds of things. Sometimes we abide in the past and we talk about the good old days. Here's what I want you to take away from this morning's meditation and worship. I hope you can take away a few smiles. I hope you can take away some things that you now understand you abide in your life, that nobody really has to tell you anything about it. You just, it just is in you. That's what abiding means. It just is, is in you. There's one. All right. Was that me? Oh, right? The beauty of the fruit of the Spirit is several things, but it's mostly practical. It's tangible. It's experiential. It's not something that we can't understand. It's something that we very much want to understand. But the thing that it does, the fruit indicates where we are with the Spirit. For example, if I am losing my patience, for years and years and years and years and years of my life, I prayed for patience. Oh, God, please, give me patience. But now I understand that when I start to lose my patience, I'm drifting away from the Holy Spirit. Because the automatic outgrowth, tangible, supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit is that I will be patient if I'm abiding in the Spirit. So I no longer pray, oh God, please, oh, help me be patient. Instead, and I would invite you to shift as well. God, I am recognized that I am drifting from you. Draw me back. I am off my medication and the side effects are dropping. Spiritually speaking, that's a horrible thing. When you're off your medication, which would be the Holy Spirit, and the side effects, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that stuff starts to drop. When my joy starts to die, I now know, ooh, I am drifting from the Spirit. Those of you with buttons, and we all have them, right? And people start to poke on them. Okay, that self-control, right? When we start to see our lives, we're like, man, I am losing my mind. Like, I'm angry all the time. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed. That is all practical, livable, tangible evidence that we have begun to drift from the Spirit of God. You no longer have to pray. God, give me patience. You can, and he will. But instead, take the whole thing. God, draw me back to your presence. Draw me back to your presence. Because the enemy takes a million ways to draw us away. Because when you abide in the spirit, the side effects are supernatural, automatic, right? Tangible, practical, transformational. It's one thing to have a memory verse. It's another thing to live the verse. I tell students often, it's one thing to come to church. It's quite another to be the church. There's a difference. And I invite all of us to consider that difference. 
Do we attend or do we abide? Do we visit or do we take and dwell in the presence? It's very real. It is not something nebulous and cloudy and foggy that we can't understand. So next time, if you read Galatians again, and you can read the whole thing, it's a powerful book. It's a straight book for sure. It's one of my favorites. When you read that part, though, the acts of the flesh, when we medicate on ourselves and our sinful nature, there's a paragraph of side effects right there that you can see in our culture and in our world. But the fruit of the Spirit, when we ingest and abide and dwell in the same way that we can now understand how we dwell and abide in these other aspects of our lives, right? In the same way we start to abide in the Spirit in that way, here's what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and side effects may include joy and peace and patience and kindness, not because you work so hard, but because you were so devoted to the one who would produce that in you in the first place. The Spirit of God would invite us to relax in our personal effort, personal effort, our self-motivated effort. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. The Spirit of God from Galatians would invite you to stop that and instead surrender and just abide. To abide is not lazy, but it certainly isn't busy either. And so as you follow through, the common side effects include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Do you think you could use some of those side effects in your social relationships? It just comes out of you. Instead of that, oh man, that guy's working on his patience. You hear, he's just patient. That mom is so working hard on her gentleness with those five kids. Instead, that lady is so gentle. Those of you that want some of that side effect in your living rooms, on your trips and travels back and forth to work or to school, right? My guess is you can list side effects of what happens in your car when you go to work or school. I don't know if there are these. To abide. The last statement, if you're still in Galatians, it says this. Against such things there is no law. It is limitless. God is infinite, and he will give you infinite love and patience. It's limitless. It doesn't run out. I'm going to invite the choir to come up. And we're going to sing a song as we, as we close. I'll get out of your way and you guys can just come on up. It's called 10,000 Reasons, which is a lot of reasons. But it's 10,000 reasons to praise him, 10,000 reasons to worship him, 10,000 reasons to be grateful to him, right? 10,000 reasons of how or 10,000 ways of how we can show and demonstrate love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. 10,000 reasons to be faithful. 10,000 reasons to practice self-control. I invite you to sing as worship to the God of heaven. And as you sing, I invite you to stand so that when we see the scriptures and we see the spirit, we understand 
the side effects of the Spirit in my life are all the good things. So please stand with us as we praise and as we worship today.